The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey. We are very glad to have you with us today. We have a room full today, Robbie, don't we? We do. It's like six of us in here. Yeah. Very yeah, much like pretty six. Yeah. I, I couldn't count that fast. I'm yeah. really impressed, Sam. Oh, I practiced earlier, <laughs> so that's how I did. Another exciting thing today is we get to hear uh, Jim Graham, a clip from Jim Graham's favorite movie ever. <laughs> of all time. Of all time. I mean, of all time. The one that when we ask at boot camp, what movie is your favorite movie, immediately jumps in your mind every time, doesn't it, Jim? Yeah, it does. Yeah, so Jim's going to set up that clip for us here in a little bit. And we almost had to pull his man card when we found out what it was. <laughs> uh, you used a clip from the Barbie movie. <laughs> if I remember right. You remember it, on right. On numerous occasions, yeah. In Camp Rock. She was so, a mermaid. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, speaking of boot camp, we have a couple of them coming up. We have one coming up in November 1st through 4th. That's our regular boot camp. But we have one before that, don't we, Robbie? Yes, we have an advanced boot camp, and so if you endured the Camp Rock clip at my boot camp years ago, <laughs> <laughs> or you've attended two boot camps, it could be at a Ransom Heart boot camp or, or, or some other ministry similar, or two of ours, then we would love to have you join us. We're going to be at Treetop Adventures in Lake Hickory, which, Sam, they got some adventure coming up over there. Oh, it's amazing. They have the, the great course that they have laid out. It's a beautiful setting, so there's fishing, all those kinds of things. And then they have those water boot things that take oh you up off the water 20 feet, 30 feet, whatever it is. Yeah, you could go flying on the water boot. So if you have a heart for adventure, we got the ropes course that's unbelievable. You can go ziplining across Lake Hickory, or you can go on the, the ski boots. But, you know, if you've heard the talk on, you know, the wound, you're going to go advanced on the wound. If you've heard the talk of walking with Jesus, we're going to go advanced on those things. And advanced quiet times. Yeah, it's going to be really good. It's a, it's a great setting. It's uh, it's a very very beautiful location. Um, I don't know. You can do the water boots, Robbie. Of course, okay. I want to do both. I'm gonna well, I'm gonna insurance up first before I go. <laughs> just say it, just in case. You want to buy insurance on me? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, that'd be a safe bet. I'm surprised too. And like, you know, <laughs> it's probably it's less safer than the Powerball. That's for sure. Well, we probably better get to the topic at hand yeah, today. <laughs> so, Darren, would you mind kind of uh, catching us up on where we've been uh, the last couple of weeks and where we're going today? Well, we've been talking about uh, kind of habitual sin, um, addiction, habitual sin, whatever you want to call it, um, perhaps uh, compulsive behavior, if you will. And so last week, um, as we finished the show, I kind of shared an experience that I had when I was a young preacher and uh, found myself battling um, pornography again, Um, something that had plagued me from the time I was five, six, seven years old and sexually abused during that time and exposed to pornography. And just, you know, my mind was very messed up. and, And obviously by young adulthood and going through seminary and different things like that, 
all of a the sudden there's new responsibilities and uh, new understanding of what sin is where, you know, didn't necessarily understand what it was before. And here I find myself battling this addiction again. And uh, so one of the things that saved me literally was uh, coming across David's 51st Psalm. And, and when I got to um, Psalm 51, 10 and 11, those verses really rocked my world because when I read David ask God, please do not remove me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. The implication was, are you kidding me? Really? God hasn't done that yet? And so, you know, David's not as lost as the day is long. And and when I grappled with that, then I finally figured out, well, maybe I'm not as dead as I think I am inside, which kind of sets up the next clip, <laughs> That sounded like a setup to me. Uh, this movie is my favorite because it's got everything, swordplay, giants, adventure, and what it has at this Why point. Why do you like giants, Jim? Well... <laughs> That's my name. <laughs> we won't go into that. I'm only I'm down to six six now. Uh, but anyway, at this point in the clip we're joining in, Wesley, our hero, is mostly dead, and I think that a lot of us can identify with that in our journey with God. So let's hear what's happening. Well, we don't hear from Wesley at all because he's mostly dead. Yeah. Don't rush me, Sonny. You rush a miracle, man, you get the right miracles. You got money? 65. I never worked for so little, except once, and that was a very noble cause. He probably owes you money, huh? Well, I'll ask him. He's dead. He can't talk. Look who knows so much, huh? Well, it just so happens that your friend here is only mostly dead. There's a big difference between mostly dead and all dead. Mostly dead is slightly alive. Now, all dead... Well, with all dead, there's usually only one thing that you can do. What's that? Go through his clothes and look for loose change. Hello in there! <laughs> hey, what's so important? What you got here, that's worth living for. True love. True love, you heard him? You could not ask for a more noble cause than that. Yeah, Sonny, true love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for a nice MLT, a mutton lettuce and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes ripe. They're so perky. I love that. But that's not what he said. He distinctly said, to blave. And as we all know, to blave means to bluff. <laughs> so mostly dead. That's what you're talking about, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure our listeners, as well as Sam and Robbie and everybody else in the studio, Brian and Andy and Jim, are going, uh, what's that clip got to do with anything? It doesn't, really. It's just funny. I like it. <laughs> so, no. Seriously, when you find yourself in that position, if you're in that position right now, there's there's something. There's something that's been nagging you most of your life. Um, if you are at all a normal man and at some point or another whether it's now or later on in life or maybe it was a year or two ago you literally feel hopeless and almost dead inside 
to be able to conquer it, to do anything. And when you do that, when you feel that way, it doesn't take very long to start making agreements with the enemy, Sam, because he's constantly going to be saying, you're dead. And if, if you go watch the rest of The Princess Bride, there are places in the movie where the enemy is reminding this guy that he's mostly dead. Um, and and so that being said, when we start agreeing, well, I'm I'm almost dead or I feel dead inside or there's really no hope, there's there's no point in fighting anymore, I might as well give up. Well, those are all agreements. And as we begin that process of making agreements, we're very close to being dead inside. For me, I, I've always called it, I just get in this apathetic state. You know, I, I really, I've never really recognized it as mostly dead, although that does a very good description of it. I just don't really care about anything. You know, and that's when the, the enemy can really come in because I'm just at the point where it's like, what's it really matter anymore? Yeah, and, and the next clip that we're going to play um, comes from the movie Braveheart, and it's been played probably on Masculine Journey uh, at least once or 72 times in the past. <laughs> but um, it but it's, it's literally where Robert the Bruce is coming in to um, talk to his dad. He's been living mostly dead for a long time, and somebody comes along who makes him feel a little bit alive. And here's where the agreement comes in. A rebellion has begun. Under whom? A commoner named William Wallace. He will embrace this rebellion. I will gain English favor by condemning it. This Wallace, he doesn't even have a knighthood, but he fights with passion. And he inspires. <laughs> and you wish to charge off and fight as he did, eh? So would I, eh? <laughs> well, maybe it's time. It is time to survive. You're the 17th Robert Bruce. The 16 before you passed you land and title because they didn't charge in. You admire this man, this William Wallace. Uncompromising men are easier to admire. His courage, so does a dog. But it is exactly the ability to compromise that makes a man noble. And understand this. Edward Longshanks is the most ruthless king ever to sit on the throne of England. And none of us, and nothing of Scotland will remain unless we are as ruthless. So the point there is that you know, Bruce's heart isn't dead yet, um, but he feels that way. He feels as if, you know, why am I living this life? Why, why do we keep doing the same things over and over again? Here is this person that can breathe life into Scotland, and, and you, can, you can hear it in his voice, breathe life even into his own heart, and yet the enemy is the voice of the father in this particular clip. And he says, no, no, no. Yeah. Go ahead. Admire if you'd like, if that makes you feel better, but compromise. And so the enemy is always going to do that, especially when you are mostly dead. Um, the enemy is going to come in and say, well, you're, you're almost dead anyway. I mean, let's make a deal. 
And as you see Robert the Bruce in the movie, you hear it in the clip, want to rise up. He wants to step into something greater than him. He wants to go from the small story to the large story. You know, the enemy comes in and reminds him of duty and obligation and, you know, all these things that are so much bigger than him than putting that weight right back on his shoulders, mm-hmm. you know, which is just really crushing his heart. Mm-hmm. And and the enemy does the same thing to us. So you start to try to get some freedom in your life from whatever that is that's plaguing you. And as soon as you do, you're going to hear the good advice of others. It, it may be Satan himself. It may be a, a friend that says, oh, come on, let's go out and, you know, let's go to that place just one more time. Whatever the case, maybe it's in your own mind. We'll talk about it after we get back. In the break, go check out a boot camp. MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Go sign up now for the fall or advanced boot camp in August. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to Facebook.com where you can click the donate button or you can go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to PO Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. It's a Masculine Journey Advanced Boot Camp. Advanced Freedom. Advanced Healing. Advanced Walk with Jesus. If you've attended two or more Masculine Journey Boot Camps or Ransom Heart Boot Camps, then you qualify for this Advanced Boot Camp. Talk about Advanced Adventure. This camp is at Treetop Adventures on Lake Hickory, including aquatic sky boots. You could be flying on water. Coming up this August 17th through 19th, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org and register today. Welcome back to Masculine Journey. I tried to welcome us back earlier. You were stumbling. I was stumbling. I was about ready to fall. So, Robbie, it's uh, it's what, about six weeks until the advanced boot camp? Yeah. It's like boot camp EVVV times six times. Yeah. Yeah. So they should go register right now for the advanced boot camp. What's the criteria to go to advanced boot camp again? If you have attended either two Mask on Journey radio boot camps or two other boot camps from Ransom Heart style boot camps, then you qualify. We would love for you to come and and go a little bit further into the adventure with Jesus. And there's there's limited spots. This is a very right, small only, venue. Right. We only have usually we, our boot camps would get up to fifty fifty five, but this one will is limited to twenty five um, spots in that. So it's a good time to go register so we can get you in because we would. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, and, and for most of you guys out there, if you're like me, kind of wait till the last minute. This is definitely something you don't want to wait till the last minute because it will fill up. Right. You know, we're very confident God's been calling us to do this, and whether it's full or not, we know that he's going to be there, and that's the amazing part of it. Well, thanks, Robbie. Back to the show a little bit, Darren. Before we went to break, we are talking about Robert the Bruce and this making agreements and, and how the enemy comes in and wants to just really 
crush that that thing is it tries to rise up and do the right thing yeah and the backstory here is again we're we're talking about psalm 51 we're talking about david's sin with bathsheba um murdering uriah his her husband um all of the ramifications of what happens there and if you go back and read uh, 2 Samuel 11 and 12 and Psalm 32, you get the background story there. And in Psalm 32, David is very candid that his bones are crushing within him. He feels dead inside. He he literally talks about physical pain. Um, he's describing depression, guys. That's what he's describing. And uh, Andy, before the show, we were talking a little bit. And you talked about when you were struggling with habitual right. sin, um, that you didn't want to talk much, that you didn't think you had much to offer. No, I mean, you really don't have something to say, or you don't you don't want to be exposed. You don't want to open up. The last thing you want to do is to be honest and come forward. So you you don't talk. There's two things that he he David shut up on is is praising God and talking to to others about God. And you don't want to do those things whenever you're caught in that thing if you have an integrity. And sometimes, you know, you, you can kind of play the game and pose a little bit or whatever, but honestly that even eats you up because you know that you're not in a position you expect this certain level of holiness. And, you know, with the culture or whatever, the things around you, you just you just feel yucky. You just feel you don't feel like you're close to God, and that you really can express His love the way you should. But even in the midst of that, Andy, our agreements, right, right. You know, you're the only one that struggles with right, this. Right. You know, mm-hmm. if people really knew this about you, yeah. they would abandon you. All those things, the enemy kind of heaps on there to kind of keep you down in that place. Right. Yeah. right. And and quite frankly, we've had a lot of evidence to that point in the past because. You know, we all learn as as youngsters, you know, when you make yourself vulnerable, um, it's going to hurt if you're not careful. If you don't choose your friends well, unfortunately, I, I guess maybe that's what adolescence is all about, is choosing bad friends and living to tell about it. I don't know. But uh, we've all been embarrassed. We've all made a mistake. We've been the butt of the joke. We've we've been the outcast, um, uh, you know, whatever. And... David definitely feels that, and Robert the Bruce in the last clip is is you know he's trying to rise up as you said his heart wants to, but he goes ahead and he buys into the agreement, and that's what we do often we buy into the agreement, and the agreement in this case means that he's going to betray a guy that is not really a friend yet, but. He wants to be his friend, and, and he wants to believe that this guy has the answers. And so this next clip is post-Robert the Bruce betraying William Wallace and Wallace's men on the battlefield. Is this between him and his father again? Yeah, Very it's a conversation between him and his father when he comes back in and confronts his father about the bad advice that his father gave him. I'm the one who's rotting. But I think your face looks graver than mine. I must have alliance with England to prevail here. You achieved that. You saved your family, increased your land. In time, you will have all the power in Scotland. Lands, 
Titles, men, power, nothing. Nothing? I have nothing. Men fight for me. Because if they do not, I throw them off my land and I starve their wives and their children. Those men who bled the ground red at Falkirk. They fought for William Wallace and he fights for something that I've never had. And I took it from him when I betrayed him and I saw it in his face on the battlefield. And it's tearing me apart. Well, all men betray. All lose heart. I don't want to lose heart! I want to believe as he does. I will never be on the wrong side again. And breaking agreements might not be that dramatic. Sometimes I wished it were. Mm-hmm. I wished it were that dramatic to 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 pray a prayer, to to have a conversation with a friend, to sit down and and to be that adamant. I don't want to be on the wrong side again. I'm tired of this agreement that I made, and I'm breaking this agreement. I'm not going to do that. Unfortunately, though, breaking agreements usually looks a little bit like hard work on your knees, doesn't it? Yeah, that's uh, there. There's definitely a mindset you have to have that's similar to Robert the Bruce. You know, that this inner tenacity to, you know, just not give in again. But it only comes from the power from God above. And so you got to start with submitting to him, obviously, and then letting him fill you with that power. Because otherwise it won't be sustainable. You'll find yourself back in that habitual pattern again, unless you're you're going to God with it and keeping there with him. Mm-hmm. And and Bruce is is in essence the king of Scotland at this point, and so the parallel for me is not that far, because we're talking about the king of Israel who feels about like Bruce on that day. He he feels that betrayal, and he doesn't feel saved. He he does feel very lost and very dead inside. But in verse eleven of of Psalm fifty one, he says. Don't cast me from your presence, Lord, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. And the key to that is the implication is God has not yet done that. It feels like God's done it, but he hasn't. And and then in verse 12, David says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. He doesn't say restore salvation. He says, restore to me the joy. He can't enjoy it. He can't. And that's what happens when you're living in habitual sin. You can't enjoy your salvation. You can't enjoy the blessings of God and the grace that God has given you. And so David is talking about that in in a very, very uh, cogent way. And and then in verse 13, he says, when you restore the joy of my salvation, then I'll be able to teach transgressors your way. Those other people that if you've listened to the last couple of weeks, those other people that are breaking uh, boundaries, that are going past the boundaries God has intended for them so that sinners will turn back to you. And we titled this, you know, Grace for the Habitual Sinner. And, and that's why the term that David uses here is the term literally that signifies some habitual sin. He's, he's not talking about um, the little boy that just lied about chopping down the cherry tree. He's talking about somebody who is 
a lifelong sinner, somebody who's caught up in it, someone like himself. That's that's his reference right now. His point of reference is himself. And this has been going on for months in his life. It had to have been going on nine, ten months, maybe a year, um, because before this event happens there's no baby and now that he's talking there's a baby already and so it had to have been going on for a period of time and then david talks about in verse 14 and 15 um deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed um and then he goes on to talk about the fact that god would you please open my lips Lord, my mouth will declare your praise. The terminology that David is using there, he is saying, much like Andy said um, a minute ago, I couldn't talk. My mouth has been bound up. I could not share your graces. I couldn't share your mercies. I couldn't share your righteousness. And I'm the king of Israel. I ought to be able to do that, but I've not been able to. And the term that he uses there literally is, Lord, if you will open my mouth, I will not be able to keep it shut again. It's going to take somebody strong to do it because it's been in bondage. It's been forcibly shut by my sin, but you can open it. And once you have opened it, I'll never be able to keep it shut again. And if you go on and read the rest of the psalm, you you, you find out about a broken heart, the same word that, that Isaiah uses for broken heart, uh, shabar, and then a, a contrite heart, which is the word that that contrite heart is different than broken heart. Contrite heart is uh, compressed, um, shoved down, laid flat, um, empty. Uh, wrecked and so he's saying this is the way my heart feels and this is all I have to offer you just my heart broken and collapsed as it is this is what I have God and thankfully this is what you're okay with and it's an amazing thing to think that no matter where you're at right now God can take whatever you've got you may feel dead inside but God can take that and bring you back to life in a way that you won't be able to keep your mouth shut about his praises. Yeah, you know, one of the things as you were talking, Darren, and reading through the scripture, you know, it talks about the enemy comes to, you know, rob, steal, and, mm-hmm. and kill, right? For me, it's always been that first line of defense is joy. You notice that's what David prays for. He prays for that joy. So I'd, I'd encourage you to go out this week and say, God, maybe I'm stuck in this habitual sin and I know what it is, or, or maybe there's something else going on you're not quite sure But go to him and say, God, what are those things that are robbing my joy? That joy that you give me, that joy of walking with you every day. Because honestly, that's the first line of defense. And you lose that, man, it's so hard to hold anything else. So go pray for that joy and pray for the opening of your eyes. And also go register for a boot camp coming up in August or November. MasculineJourneyRadio.org.